0: Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Located on the edges of your radio static You've stumbled upon The Lost Signal Your podcast destination For tales of horror and the macabre Brought to life with voice acting and sound effects New episodes are released Every two weeks on Monday On Spotify, iTunes, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Join us, won't you? Hello everyone, welcome back to the Doe Identify podcast. I'm your host Haley and today we're going to be talking about two men found in Ohio around the same time. Because of the manner of their deaths, it's unlikely that they are connected, but I figure having people look at two men from the same area could help the right audience see them. The second case does include the topic of suicide, so please turn this episode off before I get into it. Let's talk about a man likely named Joe. Joe is the name of a man who unfortunately fell to his death while walking in the Euclid Creek Reservation in South Euclid, Ohio. It was May 8th, 1981 and the man was with three other men when he unfortunately fell off a cliff. This man was white and had brown hair that reports describe as scanty, which I think was a kind way of saying that he did have some hair loss going on. He had brown eyes with some lighter shades in them, and the man also had a beard and a mustache. He was 5'7 and 146 pounds. The people who were with him said that his name was Joe and he was on his way to Los Angeles, California. However, he said he had an appointment on May 3rd, so five days after he said he was going to Los Angeles. He told people he spent time in New York and New Jersey as well. He said he was recently robbed in Cleveland, Ohio, so he was waiting on friends to bring him some cash to pay for a ticket for bus fare. Some witnesses say he abused alcohol and was actively on cocaine, but it doesn't sound like there was any hard-hitting evidence of drug use. From what i could read he was not found with any paraphernalia but he was found with a brown shaving kit with several items inside of it these items include Cellini cologne which is pretty expensive today so i'm guessing it was back then as well according to fragrantica it was launched just the year before in 1980 he was also found with suntan oil two bottles of bonnie bell lotion ultra bright toothpaste a green toothbrush, two big razors, four cleansing wipes, and a plastic vial. It looks like a blue denim jacket was found with these things, which was a Lee brand jacket and a size 38 regular. On his body at the time of his death, he had on a plaid flannel shirt that was the colors blue, brown, tan, and white. This was the Grotten's brand. He had Levi Strauss pants on that were tan. He also had a brown vinyl jacket that was the Lavion brand, and this was in a size medium. Joe also had on a brown belt that was a size large from the brand Anne Klein. For shoes, he had on orange ankle boots that were a size 8.5, and by orange, it's mostly just like a very warm colored brown. The shoes almost look like faux leather to me in the pictures, but I can't be 100% positive on that because it's not noted. Lastly, he had on a Don Bosco Technology Physical Education shirt on, which looks like white with green writing with a green ram in the center of it. In the Websleuths forum on Joe's case, Carl Koppelman, who has been on the podcast before, commented and said he went to Bosco Tech in person and got a few of their yearbooks to see if he could find any matches. Firstly, he said that the school colors from the shirt in the Bosco Tech in California do not match. He later found out that because there is a ram on the shirt that he was found with, this shirt likely came from Don Bosco Technology Academy in Patterson, New Jersey. Carl did create a beautiful rendering of this man, which I will be using for my episode art as always. I love supporting Carl whenever I can. He's a great guy. One Websleuths user called Shamrocker99 said they received the case files from the park rangers and the unidentified man was drinking whiskey while he was walking and his blood alcohol level was a 0.37, which is almost 5 times the legal driving limit in the United States. I have to say there is a lot of really great info in this Websleuths forum. I normally don't use any forum because they quickly spread false information from what I could find, but I highly recommend looking at this thread if you're interested in researching the case more. Over 150 men have been ruled out as this man, which is a ton if you've listened to any of my episodes before. I'm going to guess that he unfortunately hasn't been reported missing because there have been multiple decades of people looking into this case and trying to make a match with no luck. There are images of all of his clothing, so do look at those, especially the shirt, because it feels very, very specific. If you know who Joe could be, please submit a tip at the form on the Ohio Attorney General's website, which will be the first link in my episode show resources document. That's all I have for this first case, now let's take a quick ad break before we get into our next episode and please log off here if you are sensitive to the topic of suicide. So I used to get eyelash extensions and although I loved the way that they looked, I cringe at the price that they cost and the time commitment that they require. When I came across Flutter Habit on Instagram, I knew I had to try them out flutter habit creates diy eyelash extensions that last five to seven days and they cost literally a fraction of the price of professional extensions also flutter habit has more beauty products like their signature eyelash adhesive and their eyebrow lamination gel if you don't want to compromise on the luxury of having eyelash extensions but you still want to save thousands of dollars per year Definitely give Flutter Habit a try. You can get 10% off when you click the link in my show notes. Ladies, do you ever wish there was an easier way to understand your body and track your cycle, whether if you're trying to conceive or not? Meet Natural Cycles, the only FDA-cleared birth control app. With natural cycles, you just take your temperature when you wake up in the morning, or you can sync your aura ring to the app and the app will tell you right where you are in your cycle. Natural cycles is just as effective as hormonal birth control and more effective than some other measures out there. If you're trying to get pregnant, natural cycles accurately predicts whether or not you're fertile each day. Get more informed about what's going on with your body and sign up for natural cycles at the link in our show notes. Just 20 minutes away from our first case is the Detroit Superior Bridge in Cleveland, Ohio. On July 26, 1981, a man was seen unfortunately jumping to his death from this well-known bridge. The part of the bridge where this occurred was 100 feet south of Merwin Avenue. Unfortunately, there wasn't a lot of information on this man. Here's what we do know. He was a white male who was likely between the ages of 45 and 55. He was 5'10 and 143 pounds. His hair was brown and straight and was on the longer side. He did have a brown mustache and a beard that was graying. His eyes are noted as being hazel, but they definitely look like bright blue in his postmortem images. NamUs also doesn't list anything about his teeth, but they are partially visible in his post-mortem image. It looks like he is missing at least two teeth in the front and possibly more in the back. This leads me personally to believe he hasn't had access to dental care in the past few years, possibly decades. He was found with one blue quilted jacket from Kmart and was a size small. This kind of stood out to me because a size small on a 5'10 male is usually not the right size from the men that I know who are around this height, but you never know. He also had on a flannel shirt that was light blue, green, and beige. His pants were also this plaid flannel pattern, which were brown, blue, gray, and white. He did have mismatched socks on, one being blue and one being black. NamUs notes that he could have had a third sock on underneath the blue one. He also had blue combers on, and they do not list his size. They have an image of a white belt in the photos of his clothing as well. All of his clothing looks significantly dirty in the images. They all look like they haven't been washed in many days, possibly weeks. I never like to speculate on someone's living conditions, but I do think it's safe to say that he could have been homeless or at least living in poverty. Based on the state of his clothing, and lack of dental care and with the blue quilted jacket being a size small which is you know my size if i do want to go ahead and shop from the men's section i'm a size small to a size medium and i'm pretty dang short so i just thought that this was a little bit weird perhaps it was something that was donated that he picked out And I also think that it's a little strange that he had wintry, maybe fall clothing on in the summer. So maybe he was kind of taking his clothing along with him wherever he went. That is always a possibility and it's something that we do see, unfortunately, with the homeless or, you know, people who kind of live a more transient lifestyle. If you are looking up this case, please note that there is another John Doe from the same county who was found in the same year, in June, though, and this John Doe had very similar clothing on. I did not pair these two for this episode because I felt like it could get a bit confusing, so I did choose Joe to pair with this John Doe. As I mentioned earlier, there is a postmortem image available for this man if you think you may know him. If you know who this man was, you can submit a tip on the Ohio Attorney General's website, which I will link as the first source under his name in my show notes sources. Thank you all so much for listening to this podcast episode. Please don't forget to check out my fellow PodMoth members and also please remember to give me a review on your preferred listening platform. It helps me a lot and it also helps out these cases so they can get a little bit more visibility. Please share this episode with a friend who lives in the Ohio area, specifically the Cleveland area and tune in in two weeks to catch my latest podcast episode. Listening to the Doe Identify podcast. This episode was researched and recorded by me. This episode was edited by G. Hamilton. Our episode's music is by Coma Media. Tune in next time to hear more cases about unidentified victims on your favorite listening platform. Join me on social media at the Doe Identify podcast for updates to chat about cases. See you next time.